dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is a podcast for firefighters where we talk about everything from problems and solutions inside the fire service to things in your home life, relationships, promotions, leadership, you name it, we talk about it. Things that sometimes may not be uh, the most hot topics or things that may uh, be a little controversial, but that's just part of life and that's things that we're going to discuss. So I want to welcome you and uh, any of the new listeners out here. That's that's kind of the things that we talk about. The last few weeks, we've uh, we've had a huge growth within you know the Facebook community and on the uh, the Facebook group. Um, the listenership has gone way up. I want to thank everybody that has purchased shirts so far, whether it's the Tac Channel shirt or the RJ Nep Condemned Saint uh, Third Alarm Fighter shirt. You know the the shirt that we're using to help him. The proceeds of that going towards his training, going towards promotions and everything, really helping him out with his professional fighting career. That's what those uh, the shirts are for. And be sure and you know if y'all if y'all purchase a shirt. Take a picture of it, post it on the group on Facebook, and you know I've already got some uh, some pretty awesome feedback from from the people that have already received theirs, and I just want to thank y'all all of y'all for that, and just continue to uh, encourage everybody go on and, and follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, like or subscribe or follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can go on there and punch the button for follow. Basically, what that does is anytime I post a new episode, you're one of the first people that is notified for it that way when you're on your way to work it's super early in the morning or whatever you want something to listen to you'll be one of the first ones that get to know when i post a new episode so i encourage everybody to do that and that will really help us out so on the last episode i talked a lot about leadership and what style leadership you use is your style of leadership about winning because everything in the fire service is about a team being part of a team. Your crew is a team. The fire department is a team. And if your team is winning, then that means that your team is, you know, saving the lives that need to be saved or the property that needs to be saved. And if you have that mentality that everything is a team, it's not about me, it's not about I, then you're going to be successful as long as you make sure that your team is successful. I come from a background of athletics and, you know, the teams win. A team wins. Baseball team wins. Football team wins, basketball team wins, the team wins. Yes, you may have some badass players on that team, but ultimately the players can't win the team or can't win those games by themselves. Your team has to win. So whether you're, you know, a day one rookie walking in and, and coming into a crew, you need to just know that you're joining a team. Now, whether that team is successful or not at that time, you may be that badass player that's going to be able to contribute, you know, like Michael Jordan going into the Bulls. They absolutely sucked. He comes in, turns the whole thing around. Rookie of the year, all that stuff just comes in and, and kicks ass and turns into by far one of the best basketball uh, dynasties pretty much of all time. That Those kind of stories happen over and over and over again where you're going in and you know, you're able to make a turnaround for that team. If you are a fire chief and you're at the, in that top spot, then you need to recognize that you are part of the team. Just because you may be sitting in the office by yourself doesn't mean that you're not part of a team because ultimately you are. Your entire department is one huge team that's under you. You are the team leader. And if your team is not 
taking care of the citizens and your team sucks, how long do you think you're going to have a job? You know, you, the city manager, the mayor, all that, they're, if the guys aren't doing their job, if the team sucks, then it's going to fall on you. So having a, a real strong mindset of everything is about the team and making the team win and, and having a leadership direction like that, that's really what it takes to be successful. Uh, and that's just kind of summarizing what what we talked about on the last show. And really what I want to talk about on this show is, um, you know, got a lot of really great feedback from that. A lot of people that that enjoyed that. It, it made them think about stuff. It made them really try to incorporate on how that could, you know, change the trajectory in, in their own careers, whether they were officers or some of the people that messaged me were officers. Some were firefighters and they just really enjoyed the content. So, I'm going to elaborate that on on this show and you know leadership is a huge topic right now in the fire service. You see seminars, you see memes, you see everything going on and on and on about leadership. Well, I have to be completely honest, I don't think leadership is that complicated of a issue. I think that there's a lot of different situations in which you know, you need to have a little training or you need to have a good base and foundation of leadership to be able to handle those different types of situations, whether it's, you know, um, a turd head for, for a crew member or even all the way up to leadership in a tactical aspect for operations. Like, yes, you need, there's a lot of things that you need to learn about it, but the overall concept of being a good leader to me is not that complicated. But for some reason, it is being lost in translation. So I want to kind of talk about it, and, and anytime that th- something kind of comes to my mind that I think that y'all can all benefit from, then I'm going to share it because I feel like I can I can help out with the knowledge that I have uh, throughout my career and dealing with really great leaders and dealing with complete shithead leaders. And so that's what I'm going to do. This episode, I, I really want to talk about how, to me, being a good leader goes hand in hand with being a parent at my house. For those of you that don't know, or you're new to listener, I, I'm a parent. I have five, five girls at my house. Uh, their ages go from 15 down to uh, almost three month old. Uh, that, that's a pretty, a pretty big gap. And you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with the fire service. You know, a lot of lead, people that are in leadership positions, whether it's chiefs, captains, lieutenants, everything, anybody that's in an officer position or even a senior firefighter down to a rookie, there's a lot of generational gaps. What that means to me is you have to kind of learn how to parent or how to make a connection and how to lead all those different styles. So just in my house, for for instance, you know, the, the oldest to the youngest, every single one of them has different hobbies. They are, you know, their education levels naturally are, are all different. Uh, they're involved in completely different things at school. And so being able to parent those those children, you have to learn each individual child. There is no blanket parenting. It's just like in the fire service. There's no blanket anything. It's not one size fits all for every crew member. It's not one size fits all for every incident that you run on. I know that we get caught up in a lot of that with policies and SOGs and everybody thinks that you can just literally cookie cutter this shit out but that's not the way that any of this actually truly works in the real world one thing as being a leader in the fire service and looking at it in that aspect is 
you have people from all different walks of life in your crew, just like I have in my children. They're all different. So you may have that guy on your crew that comes from the country like myself, for instance, and you're literally born and raised in an environment where working outside using, you know, heavy equipment and tools, running chainsaws, running uh, bulldozers, tractors, everything like that. That's just, that's something that most of us are just grow. We grow up doing that's, it's literally second nature to us to go out and get on the tractor and go, or go get the chainsaw and go cut a tree up. That's, that's not something that we really have to have to think about or, or relearn or anything like that. Then you may have a person on your crew that was born and raised in say downtown Houston, Texas that lives, you know, grew up in a one bedroom apartment. That's never seen a weed eater, never seen chainsaw, damn sure never run a tractor or a bulldozer. So that's completely different. And, that's on you as a leader to have to be able to understand that and not condemn that, not look down on that and not be like, oh, well, they don't know shit. So it's the same. It, it kind of presents itself to me in the same format as like a generational gap. You know, this this group grew up doing this and this group grew up doing something else. So as a leader, it's your job to get to know those people and they're going to have like massive strengths in something else, you know, just kind of stereotyping a little bit here, but you take that person that grew up in that apartment type setting or in a city type setting, they may know a lot more about, you know, say the communication side or electronic side, technology side of the fire service. You know, if you need, need somebody to help you be able to figure out some computer shit, that person may be really good at that. Just, you know, kind of stereotyping a little bit. They might've grown up playing video games or something and they understand how to, hook up wiring or, you know, even like when you go on a call and you're having a problem with a fire alarm system and everything, that person may understand or already know things when it comes to all that. Whereas a person like myself that grew up out in the, in the pastures, in the woods, I, that shit is complicated as hell to me, you know, being able to get a printer to work when it's not linked up to your computer the right way. That's a damn nightmare for me. But somebody that grew up doing those sort of things, it's super simple for them. They go over there, they click a couple buttons, boom, done. But instead of having this mentality, oh, well, they fuck them, they don't know anything. That's what a lot of people would usually do. Well, as a parent, you can't do that. You know, as a parent, you can't say to the, if you have one kid that, you know, I do. I have one child, all of my children, for the most part, all ride horses. I have one that she rides a little bit, enough to get by. But that's not her thing. So I don't just go in there and say, well, I don't have nothing to do with you then, you know, and just brush them off. You can't do that. You can't do that as a parent. So why the hell can you do that in a, in a fire crew when you're supposed to be saving lives and saving property? When you're responding, that person that you brush off because you think that they don't know shit, that might be the person that's got to save your ass. You know, maybe, maybe they are brand new, but they might be really good at anything. You don't know. You haven't taken the time to get to know them. Kind of correlating that with being a parent. You know, you as a parent, you have a bond with your children. You are involved with your children. You get to know them. You have a connection. It's the same in the fire service. You have to have a connection with the people on your crews. You have to know them. Uh, I think that that's been one of my biggest strengths in being, a, you know, an officer in the fire service was I always had a great connection with the people on my crews, whether it was getting to know, you know, their, their significant other, getting to know their children, 
Hell, getting to know their their home drama, getting to know their struggles. I've had people that worked on my crew that had previous drug habits and alcohol habits, and I knew that about them. They would come to me, and we had a connection and a bond, just like you do with a child, that allowed me the opportunity for them to come and trust me when they were having struggles. Now, as an officer, that is your job. It's your job to have that kind of connection. We all want to talk about the traditions of the fire service. And I absolutely love, I, w- I want everybody to understand completely, I love the old school cr- traditions of the fire service. Pretty much the majority of my career, I worked in old fire stations that were built in the 50s. Uh, I, wor- I worked duty crew in a couple places that had some brand new stations and they were nice. But overall, the majority of my career, I did work in the stations that were built in the, in the 50s and 40s. And, you know, shitholes, to be completely honest. But just... That that entire environment of walking in and you know that guys since 1952 have walked the same floors as you. They use the same lockers as you. They use the same you know kitchen as you. That there is a level of tradition there that is really important to me, and and I really really do like that. But there's differences in that level of tradition, and then a tradition of just brushing stuff off and not not pouring into your people and i completely understand tradition and i completely understand the need to make make people you know come in and have to earn their keep if you will and and i totally get all that but what what we need to understand is is we are at a point in the fire service where we have a lot more younger new people coming in than what we have of the the old school. That's just that is a fact. With the rapid growth of everything going on, you know, the old heads are basically they're they're dwindling out. You know, for good, bad, ugly, however you want to look at it, that is how it is. Now, I have my own personal beliefs on that. I think that there's a lot of older guys in the fire service that have kind of lost their way. I think that well, I'll just go ahead and, and put it this way. I believe personally that the fire service is a 20 to 25 year career. That's, that's what I believe. I think that pensions are set up to do 20 years and you're vested at a lot of them. And then you do 25, you know, to ensure and get your, get your numbers where you need to be. And then you're out the door. So these people that are hanging around 30, 40, 50 years, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are in these top, top leadership, if you will, positions, fire chief positions that have been in for 50 years, 45 years. You can't tell me that that's not a problem. You you can't tell me that that doesn't create, for one, it gridlocks everything. Because if if a business and a career is designed to do 20 years, then that means that people that have hung in for 40 They've done two careers in this business, but they've also blocked someone else from promoting for 20 fucking years. They've stolen a position from a younger person for 20 years because that person that's been in 20, 25 years should be looking to move into that chief's role, should be looking to move into those those higher administrative roles, and they can't do it. So it creates people being gridlocked where they can't promote. I personally think that that is a lot of the problem. 
in the generational gap issues because you can't have a person that's been in, say they got in when they're 20 years old, they've been in 50 years, so now they're 70, and you have someone coming in that's that's 20. That's a 50-year gap. That's essentially two generations of a gap. And this person that's in this top spot has absolutely no desire to try to relate or create that bond like I'm talking about with a 20-year-old. You can't, I mean, you can do it. There's a lot. One of my my favorite and best assistant chiefs I ever worked for in my life was older in age, and but he made a conscious daily effort to connect with his people, and he never forgot that he was part of the team, ever. He never did. And that was the reason why we were able to have such a successful relationship, and that's the reason why, even to this day, no matter who you ask that worked with him will be like, yes, he was absolutely awesome. He was a complete badass of a chief. He never forgot where he came from, blah, 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 blah. All the things that those of us that have tried to study leadership and those of us that have looked up to those older folks, that's exactly what you wanted. He was the primary example of that, but that's why. But the majority of the people that are, you know, 65, 70 years old, they're still in those chief roles, they could give two fucks about getting to know a 20-year-old. They brush it off. They say, oh, they're a millennial. Oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. You know, whatever. But at the bottom line is, does that mean that me, right now, 33 years old, I have a three-month-old? Can I just say, fuck it? No, they're too young for me to get to know them. I'll just just make sure that they're fed, make sure that they have a house, and then kick them out the door. That's the exact same mindset as some of these chiefs that are like, oh, well, I pay them. I make sure that they get their payroll. I make sure that, you know, they have a fire truck and they have a fire station, but fuck them. I don't need to get to know them. That they're they're below me. There's too much of a gap. There's too much of a of a generational gap. Oh, they're just whiny or oh, they just this or oh, they just that. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're a whole lot smarter than what you think. And maybe you need to step off your high horse as a boss administrative position and start thinking of it more of a parenting type relationship, more of a team type relationship. Because if you want, as a parent, if you want your child to be successful, you pour into them and you want most parents. Now, I understand there's some shit bags out there for sure. We see that day in and day out on the news where people are complete fuck-ups because they had shitty parents. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that truly care about their kids. They want their kids to be better than them. That's the ultimate goal as a parent, is you want your kids to learn from your mistakes and not remake them. For the most part, you know, kids are going to screw up, but you want them to not make your mistakes, and you want them to excel further than you did. You want them to be better than you. That's the whole purpose of being a good parent. So why is it in the fire service, when you get in a leadership role, you don't want your firefighters to be better than you are? You don't want your firefighters to you know, either be able to be tactically better than you ever were. So you, know, you, you get out of the mindset of, well, you know, at this department, this is how we do it. Well, if your firefighters want to go outside of the department and go and learn some new tactics from a bigger department or a more established department, whatever, or even new tactics because of science and technology that's come out, why don't you let them go learn that shit and bring it back, and then it makes everybody better. It makes the team better. Instead of being caught into the mentality, well, I have to be the best. My, my kids, my firefighters can't be better than me. They can't. 
So why do we have to be caught up in that mindset of I have to be the best one in the room? Why can't you have the mindset like you do as a parent of making your firefighters even better than you are? So, you know, that's just on a tactical aspect. How about on a promotional aspect? How about, you know, you, if you're a pretty good officer, that's cool. You know, uh, I would consider myself a pretty good officer. I think everything that I've done in my career, I w- I've been a pretty good officer. Well, I've always wanted every single firefighter that worked under me and every single driver that worked under me, I want them to be 10 times the firefighter and driver that I ever was. I teach them the shit that I can teach them. And then I let them learn from everybody else that they can try to learn from, or I'll go learn and then bring some shit back and teach that to them too. And it may be something that it took me 10 years in a career to learn how to do, and they can learn it in the first 10 days of their career. What's wrong with that? Like that's, that's really how you make everyone better is by having that kind of concept and not getting caught up on this huge gap of, well, we did it this way in my time. So everybody else has to do it the same way you know that's kind of the that is kind of riding the fence on the traditions and it makes things really hard and it makes things really complicated because you want to keep the tradition alive but when it starts when traditions start destroying the team or traditions start endangering the team or endangering the citizens then it's time to revamp the traditions it's time to readdress and maybe you can keep certain parts of the traditions alive but it may not be fitting today's society. It may not be fitting today's fire service. You know, uh, 50 years ago, when a lot of these older chiefs, like I'm talking about, if they happened to be part of a fire department that was involved with EMS in any capacity, 50, 60 years ago in EMS, it was most EMS companies ran out of a funeral home. They would respond from a funeral home or respond out of a hospital, and they had a hearse-type apparatus in some capacity. That's basically what they looked like was a, was a damn funeral home hearse. And they had fucking oxygen and a half-assed gurney. Think about where we've come in EMS since then. So if we're still caught up on, well, that's how we did it whenever I was a firefighter. Well, shit. When you were a damn firefighter and y'all were running EMS and you were a paramedic in the 1970s, y'all didn't have life packs. Y'all didn't have RSI drugs and everything else that we have now. We've had to evolve that. So why can't we evolve our mindset on the crew? Why can't we evolve our mindset on the team? We get so caught up in all of just, it was the way it's always been. It's the way it's always been that you can't get out of that that mindset enough to make your team win. And to me, if you really just start thinking about it on the level of being a parent, for those of you that are parents, if you'll just start kind of breaking it down like that, well, you know, my kids, I I talk to my kids this way and I want my kids to be successful and I want my kids to be better and do more than I did. You know, how many parents out there will tell their kids, I don't want you to do the job that I did because they don't pay shit. You need to go do a job that pays more. Go be a lawyer. Go be a doctor. Go be an engineer. Go be uh, something that does more, that can provide more. A million parents, including mine and including myself, have said that either you know to their kids or, or anything. They want their kids to do better. So start breaking it down into that kind of, that kind of mindset, and that will allow you to be able to make those connections with your crew members that can give you 
a healthy relationship to let them grow. It's not all about power. It's not all about control. You don't have to be the best person in the room. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be all that shit. And I think that maybe our older generation is worried that that they've reached the end, essentially the end of their career. A lot of them don't have the ability to go out and get as tactically proficient as what those of us at a younger age can do. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. But then recognize that. If it's your time to retire, it's your time to go, then it's time that a lot of people just start looking in the mirror and understanding that. This this career, I, I genuinely do believe, was set up to be a 20 to 25-year career. Now, if you want to do that and then get out and you know retire, open up a position in your department, and then you want to start going the chief route and doing all that, then that's fine. In my opinion, that creates the ability for two things. For one, you're not gridlocking a position in your department. You're not holding up that captain position from that 30, 35-year-old guy that's been in 15, 20 years that has a lot to offer and a lot of energy left in the battery. You're not holding up that position just so that you can pad your numbers and sit on your fat ass. Okay, that's that's rule number one. But reason number two that I see, a lot of chiefs that promote too quickly or end up in a chief's position before they hit that 20 to 25-year mark where they're vested, they don't have the ability to do their job efficiently. They don't have the ability because they're not vested on their retirement. So essentially, they're in the top spot, so there's nowhere else to go. Okay, Their job is hanging in the balance on every decision that they make and everything they say, and it's 100% political. I totally understand that. You know, if you're... If you're only in five years, or like a chief that I worked for had one fucking year in before he became a fire chief, he's got 19 years left before he can retire that he has to be a complete yes man to the city manager and to the mayor, okay? So that's a dangerous spot to be in. I completely understand that. That is very scary in the sense that you are one election or you are one... I'm standing up for my guy's decision away from being out on your ass, and then what are you going to do? You can't go from being a fire chief to starting over being a rookie firefighter somewhere. Like, I understand that, and that's a very, very tough spot to be in. But that's ultimately, that is a decision that you made to promote yourself into that spot for whatever reasons. So the reason why I say the 20 to 25-year mark for reason number two, why I think that's a good thing, is so you hit that, you retire, now you're drawing 25 years, you're going to be, you know, unless you're going to be at a place that has like a super extended drop, what they call a drop or anything like that, where it's, you know, a lump sum payout where you work an additional five, 10, whatever years, and then they write you a huge check. That's a little different ball game, but even still a 10 year um, drop type program, that's pretty damn long. But anyway, um, if that's the case for you, then this may not exactly apply to you. But if you're just in a regular pension, regular city retirement, 20 to 25 years is really, at that 25-year mark, that's going to be pretty much your cap for your monthly your monthly income of what you're going to draw in retirement. So go ahead and retire. Go ahead and, and step away, free up that either that captain spot or, or district chief, shift commander, anything like that, or even if you're in an assistant chief type role, but you're wanting to take the next step, go ahead and retire and do what you need to do. Um, because what that does for you is that allows you the freedom. If you're one of these people that want to be a good leader and want to take care of the team and want a winning team, when you're drawing a pension 
and you are already bringing in money, that really gives you the freedom to be able to make choices to do the right things. Because yes, your job is still, you know, contingent on whether that mayor likes you or that city manager likes you. Yes, it is, but it's not your whole damn income. It's not your whole life caught up in this. It's not, okay, well, no, I'm standing up for my guys because they absolutely need a pay raise or they absolutely need these stations or they absolutely need whatever it is that they need. And y'all and the city councilors, you know, city administration need to understand this. And they say, oh, well, this fire chief's making too much noise and boom, kick him out the door. If you're already retired, then you're getting enough income or you should be getting enough income because you've already been living off of that income for the last 20 years that unless you went out and bought you know, a huge-ass house or something like that, you should be okay. Or at least allows you the opportunity to, um, you know, move and go go start applying elsewhere. So long story short on that, kind of summing that up a little bit, is basically the two things that it does when you stick to this career being a 20 to 25-year career path is that allows you, for one, it allows you to not be gridlocking your department. It allows you to, you know, people under you that are moving up that want to do this job and flourish in this job. You're not taking up a spot. Two, uh, if if you are wanting to move into those chief roles, go ahead and retire and, and move into those chief roles. And that allows you the opportunity to be drawn a pension and allows you to have a voice and a, a backbone and a spine to do what's right by your department, by your crew, by your team, because you're drawing an income in. That's just my thoughts on that. Uh, that's my thoughts on, on why I really do believe that this is a 20 to 25 year career and not a 50 year career. I think that sticking around in this business for 50 years, 40 years is just, unless you are very, very open-minded, it's going to be a hard, hard path and it's going to create a lot of problems all the way down the line. I just, I really do believe that. And one thing that that I think people need to understand when you're in those leadership type roles and you start really understanding that, you know, you are more or less a parent to the crew. Even if you are, a, you know, the chief, start understanding that, yes, the generation is different. Like it or not, the generation is different. But really and truly, our generation is different because of y'all. Most of y'all are our parents. You know, the people that are in their 50s and early 60s now are, that's the generation that's my, my parents' age. And one thing that they taught us was to use our brain and think. That was something that my parents talked about all the time. You know, they didn't want us to just be mindless robots and take shit and everything like that. Like it... It's really on the generational changes is on our parents. Just like I'm teaching my kids what I believe in and how to expand on what I know and make them better. Well, that's what we're, how we are where we are. We took everything that our parents taught us. And just because, you know, it may not be fitting to how now because you're in a leadership or manager or boss position, you may not like that person that thinks and has a brain. But if you'll kind of break that down and think about, well, I really am, you know, in more or less a parent or a coach type position. If I look at them as being like my kids, would I want my kids to be mindless fucks? 
Would I want my kids to just not think about anything, not process anything? Would I want them to just basically eat shit however however somebody tells them to? Would you want that for your kids? Or would you want your kids to be the kind that were critical thinkers, problem solvers, go-getters, hard workers, and wanted to advance, wanted to be badasses? Because that's what I want for my kids. That's I want them to be that way. I don't want my kids to be pushovers and not learn anything and just exist in life. That's not what I want. So I think a lot of people, if they will make that correlation between being in the fire service and being a captain or shift commander, battalion chief, district chief type position, or being in the top chief spot, start thinking about that on how, because it is such a generational gap, uh, no matter how you look at it is, and because it's so many different walks of life coming into the fire service now, start thinking about it in that capacity. If these were truly your children, what would you want out of them? How would you want them to be? Would you want them to be successful? Would you want your children to be successful? And how would you make that happen? Would it be allowing them to learn more than you did when you were, you know, five years in or you were a rookie. If a lot of people say, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. That's, we were all growing up, you know, our parents said that, teachers said that, everything, treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, that also goes along within the fire service. Train others the way you wanted to be trained. Teach others the way you wanted to be taught. If, you know, you got in, And obviously, if you promoted, then you had at some point, you had a desire to want more. You didn't come in and just stay, you know, rookie riding backwards forever for 20 years. You wanted to learn more. You did learn more. So what makes you think that the the next generation coming in after you or the, the firefighter coming on the crew after you doesn't want more? And most of the time, these people are so used to processing vast amounts of information very quickly, like it or not. You know, we have had Google and cell phones and Internet and all this stuff. And the majority of basically everybody coming in the fire service now is life. Um, Very few people that are in the fire service right now lived or they I mean, they might about say whenever I was younger, Internet wasn't really a thing, but. I remember when dial up and all that kind of stuff came or came about, but the majority of people in the fire service in today's departments all grew up with mass amount of access to the internet. So with that being said, the fact of it is, is these generations have had the ability to have access to tons of information, a lot more information than back when the damn encyclopedia salesman used to come around to people's houses. So, People are able to process. You don't have to leave them in this, well, we'll teach you when we think that you're ready. We'll teach you when you think that you're ready. And you fuck around for five years, and you know, you're know you so caught up in this, well, I had to go through this. I had to go through that. This is the way I... Okay, but we're you know everybody's heard a million times. I've said it myself a million times. The fire service is different. Call volume's way more. EMS runs are way more. The whole everything about EMS is different than it was 20 years ago. Hell, everything about EMS is really different from 10, 15 years ago. So we really need to get out of that mindset of just because it was done to you 20, 30 years ago 
doesn't mean that's exactly what we have to do to people now. Parenting 50 years ago was different. When my parents were kids, they smoked around kids. Moms, you know, let the kids ride around in the front seat of cars. They didn't even have fucking seatbelts in cars 50 years ago. And now we have badass car seats. Hell, I just had to learn how to use this new type of car seat that wasn't around 10 years ago when I had my last child and when she was having to ride in a car seat. Like, we've evolved in all this other stuff. So get out of that mindset of, well, it's how we've always done it or that's how it was done to me because that is not really relevant. It's absolutely not relevant. And if you have that mindset because you've been in 50 years and you have that, you don't have the ability to see all of the advancements, then it's really, it's time to go. It is, it's time to go. But if you're in that, that age group like myself, where we had to deal with the old school and then now we're having to deal with the new school just start thinking about it in that aspect. These people coming in, they're not dumbasses at all. It's you know they're just like most of us that have kids. They're learning so much in school and processing so much information in school. They can do the shit on the job. You can teach most of these people that are coming in. You'll be able to teach them as far as their tactical ability, their knowledge of streets and equipment on the trucks and all that kind of stuff, they're more than likely going to be able to become efficient with that equipment, know its locations. Just They'll be able to retain all that information and process it a whole lot faster than what people did even 15 years ago whenever I started. It's just that's how it is. And I just highly encourage people to just start thinking about it in that aspect. Start thinking about running crews and being part of crews in a coaching or if you are in a if you're in a leadership role then start looking at it as being a parent look at it as these are your kids and what do you want out of your kids do you want your kids to be successful do you want your kids to be better than you or do you want to just starve them to death and make them sit in the corner because you can't stand that somebody might be better than you and if that is you if you don't want your crew and your firefighters and everything to to be better than you ever were when you were in that position or you know them to promote them to go on and flourish and them to have great careers then I'm sorry this is just not the business for you the fire service and being part of a team that wins and saving citizens and taking care of citizens and having the communities back this is not this business is not for you I, you know, I keep repeating that to people because there is a lot of fucking people out there in this job that just aren't grasping that concept. Just because you can put a badge on or just because you can pass a test and get a certification, that does not mean that this is the job for you. Just because you can go and get a college degree in fire administration or fire science or public administration, that does not mean that this job is for you. I just, I cannot understand how... At so many departments, we've allowed people that, you know, they they've able they've been able to get into those top spots, or they've been able to get into leadership type roles, and they've been able to hide. They've been able to 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 dodge the calls. They've been able to stay, you know, at slower stations, or they just haven't really put in the work of being truly into the job. And now we have allowed them to get in control of the job, and. I love that people are traveling and, and doing these huge seminars and, and um, they're trying to just basically pound that pound that home on on 
that is the reality, but there's a lot of people that need to get the fuck out. Uh, for lack of better terms, they need to get the fuck out. We need to get them out. We need to push them out. We need to, if it, I'm going to go off topic just a little bit, but if it takes at the firefighter level, if it takes all of the firefighters, because there's 20 to 1 of, of firefighters to achieve at most places, 20 to 1. If it takes all of the firefighters that are genuinely into the job the community knows them. The community recognizes their faces because, oh, hey, yeah, you're the one that was at, at my house for, you know, when my grandma was sick and had to go to the hospital or, you know, you were the one that came on. Yes, the firefighters truly are the ones that have the connection with the community. These chiefs that come and stay a little while and then they move on and they go make more money, they don't know the community. They, they're, they're literally building their career, building their resume, building their money. They don't have that connection. So if it gets to the point where the firefighters have got to basically get the community involved, then then that's what it takes. But we have definitely allowed for people that aren't into the job and don't love the job and don't love being a firefighter, we have allowed them to stay in this career far too fucking long. Far too long. And it is, we are at the point now where that shit needs to be called out. And it, I mean, you know, if it, if it takes you getting in a little bit of trouble doing the right thing, then, you know, I made, I made a post the other day that uh, a lot of people liked and some, some folks shared and everything like that. It said, integrity is not just a word. And I'm going to elaborate on that just a little bit uh, of what, you know, integrity means to me. Integrity means to me. And, and I say this because I remember doing a few interviews and, it might even been in fire academy. They asked us to describe a firefighter in one word, and you know, to me that that is having integrity, um, being an integrity driven firefighter. You know, they've always taught, always, always. Uh, you know, as they put money and whatever. I know y'all have heard me talk about the story when in fire academy they used to leave money and they'd see who'd take it or who didn't, and blah blah blah, whatever. They teach integrity to firefighters that's pounded into your head pounded in your head you do the right thing right integrity means doing the right thing whether anybody is looking or not sticking to your word if you say you're going to do something then that's exactly what you do they pound that shit into firefighters head over and over and over again well for some reason i guess when the badge starts changing from silver to gold and then it starts getting bugles and you start moving up for some reason in a lot of times that shit is not continuously pounded in in to those other ranks' heads about integrity. With that being said, even at those other ranks, you are still 100% responsible to act completely with integrity. That means you are still responsible for your community. You're still responsible for your firefighters. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. It doesn't matter if it's job security, it doesn't matter any of that shit. All that matters is that you stick by having that integrity because that is truly what the baseline of being a firefighter is about. That's truly what you got into this job and they told you day in and day out because you may go into that house and you're doing overhaul and somebody's got you know a box full of money or whatever. You're not going to take the shit. They they use that as, as examples all the time. They say you know firefighters don't steal, firefighters you know don't cheat, whatever. 
They don't do all these different things when it comes to the job. Well, why can that not correlate into when it comes to the crew? In my mind, it does. And you want to talk about traditions and brotherhood and all that, the biggest way to completely destroy a brotherhood and destroy the uh, tradition of the fire service and the trust of the brotherhood is to have people that aren't walking with a level of integrity. When people don't have integrity, you don't want them in your brotherhood. You damn sure don't want them calling you brother. You're not going to let them in your family. You know, I talk about parenting because to me, it truly is a family, right? The fire service is supposed to be a family. That's what they always talk about. The brotherhood of the fire service is a family. No matter where you go, no matter what department you go to, no matter where you are, somebody sees your union sticker, somebody sees your shirt, and they say, oh, shit, okay, yeah, you're a firefighter, badass. I'm a firefighter, such and such, because you're a family, right? No matter where you go. It's like these tack shirts, the tack team shirts. If you're wearing one of those, I know you're on the team and you're part of this family, okay? You're part of this family, 100%. That's that's how I view this, and that's how I conduct my life. So that's what we want out of the Brotherhood of the Fire Service. Well, the quickest way to destroy integrity and destroy trust and destroy doing the right thing, no matter whether somebody's looking or not, is to remove the integrity. Remove that. Start acting in a way that is not integrity-driven, whether it's in your personal life, you know, who you're sleeping with, if you know all that, we've heard all the hundreds of horror stories about guys sleeping with other firefighters' wives and all that shit. Well, that completely, no part of that is integrity. No part of that. Well, that also goes down to in your crew and in your your department. If you know that your firefighters are going to do the right thing, whether anybody's watched or not, then you can trust them. And you know that they're gonna they're gonna one hundred percent hold by their integrity and they're gonna hold by their job. Okay. Same for captains. If you know that, now they may screw up, people screw up and make, you know, they make bad tactical decisions or they make, you know, bad judgment calls, whatever it is. If they were making that, but they had an a integrity in their heart making that decision and they genuinely thought it was gonna be the right thing and they thought they were doing the right thing, then for one, you're probably not even gonna have to discipline them because the natural outcomes of the decisions that they made is going to completely destroy them on the inside. It's just like as a parent, you know, like how many of y'all, whenever you screwed up and you were a kid, you know, you could get yelled at, you could get cussed out by your parents and get your ass whipped and all that kind of shit. And it was like, okay, yeah, I got in trouble. But when your dad looked at you and your mom looked at you and said, I'm disappointed in you, it was, it hit on a whole other level. It goes the same in the fire service. It goes the same in your crew. If if somebody screws up, but they knew that they 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 tried, then they're going to be disappointed in their self. You're not going to have to destroy them. You're not going to have to yell at them. You're not going to have to fucking ride them up. You're not going to have to suspend them and all that bullshit because there's a baseline of integrity. There's a baseline of doing the right thing. And when they don't do the right thing, they already know that they screwed up. And that goes for every rank. I'm not. I don't have to give examples, but all the way up. But but you see what I'm saying? That's that's how you break it down and you build the brotherhood and you build the trust and you build that winning team. I'm going to keep going back to the winning team because that's truly what matters to me. Is as a fire service, we become a winning team because when the community knows, like they did in years past, in generations past, that firefighters were trustworthy because they were driven with integrity and they did the right thing no matter 
who was watching. The trust was there, and we didn't have to have all of all of these problems that we're going through now with with the politics of the fire service. People having to justify their jobs, people having to be yes men just to keep a damn job, and all that all those different problems, they really all stem from the lack of integrity in the multiple different ranks that we're currently dealing with from the top down. Because that's how this all shit flows is really from the top down. If the chief is walking, talking integrity, and I'm not just talking about some shit on a damn banner on the wall. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a chief that truly embodies integrity of doing the right thing all the way down by all of his people, by their family, all that. This is not, you know, this job and this career is not for the faint of heart. This job and this career is not for the fake. You are held to a higher standard. I've talked about that a million times on here. People talk about that all the time. You are held to a higher standard, whether you're on duty or not. That's the sad reality to it. So, you know, you can put up all the damn posters you want about how integrity is important to you, but if you're not walking the walk and talking the talk and doing it, then it really doesn't matter. If you're not sticking by what you say, you know, in in private and in public and everything else, People fall short, yes, but if you're not making a genuine effort to be integrity-driven from the top down, then you're going to have nothing but problems all the way down because you're setting the example for people coming in or you're setting the example for the younger generations that they don't have to abide by that because you didn't. You put in a 50-year career, and they see you at the pinnacle of your top, you know, the top spot, chief spot, you're at the pinnacle of the fire service as a chief. You are it. You're the quarterback of the team. You are it. And you're not walking with integrity. You're you're completely compromised. And so that sets an example for these younger folks coming in that shit. Well, okay, well, I'm going to have to compromise my integrity to get captain, battalion chief. To move up, I have to, and that just has created a huge snowball. And would you want that? I'm sure there's some people out there, and that's not the ones that I even want to be even listening to this show, to be honest. You know, this doesn't apply to them because they don't believe in teaching their kids to do the right thing. There's people out there that teach their kids to lie, cheat, and steal and rob people and everything like that. And all I can tell you is, you know, don't come around me with that shit. Uh, I don't play that game. I'm not about teaching my kids to do all that kind of stuff. It's the same if you look at it the same way as you're teaching your kids to do things the right way and you want your kids to be contributing members of society and you want your kids to to do good, you have to look at that as the same way. The example that you're setting to your children is how they're going to act. If, you're, if your kids see, you know, you're out robbing banks and shit, well, nine times out of ten, all you got to do is <laughs> go look at some of these crime families, you know, historical crime families, then the kids come into the same life. So in the fire service, the same way, if the chief is compromised and doing shit the wrong way, then his kids, the firefighters coming up under him, are going to do the same shit he did. They're going to do the same shit. That's, that's just how it is. And so if you want to create a good environment and you want your crews and you want your team department-wide to be badass, then you have to start really looking at it in that parenting-type uh, format, if you will. You have to start looking at it as, I want my kids to do better than I did. I want my kids to be more successful than I was. And 
you know, even if even if that does make it where you know they may they know more than you, they're more educated than you, they're tactically better than you, operationally better than you, then that's okay. Because guess what? You're still in the chief spot. You're still gonna look good. You know, me when my kids win, that still makes the whole family, everybody looks good because the kids are winning, right? That's just how it goes. So stop thinking you have to be the best one. Stop thinking you have to know everything that your generations coming up under you have to truly be under you and below you. You really need to pour in and try to make make everyone better. Just to wrap all that up, you know, start start thinking about about the fire service as a whole if you're in these leadership spots. Start thinking of it in a more of a parenting role. Start thinking of it in a coaching role. Uh, it could do nothing but help. Just if you think about it in those different ways, then it may give you a little different perspective on how you can look at that new firefighter coming in. Are these newly promoted people moving up? You know, kind of bring them under your wing and and teach them, coach them like you would your your kid. Tell them why they need to do something like what the importance is of why they're doing this instead of just because I fucking said so. You didn't like that as a kid. None of us liked that when mom told you because I said so. Because you're like, well, that's it doesn't, you know, that's not even a good reason. Okay. You know, we don't have to have blind compliance. That blind compliance really does doesn't no no good for you at two o'clock in the morning down that dark ass hallway when you gotta make decisions and you gotta learn to critically think. Start teaching your firefighters how to think. Start telling them why we do things this way or that way and the lessons learned of how we got there. You know, if it if you're doing and making these decisions and you have this exact reason why you did it because somebody got hurt in the past, then explain that and say that. Don't just say, shut the fuck up, rookie, and do it this way because I said so. It's how I was taught. This is how you're going to be taught. No, break it down. Or it might be you were taught because somebody else was an asshole and they didn't have an answer. So they just told you 50 fucking years ago because I said so. Well, now you're turned around and you're doing the same thing for the next 50 years. So we got 100 years of bullshit for doing something that makes no sense. It didn't make sense years ago and it doesn't make sense now. We don't have to keep doing this just repetitive shit that doesn't make sense over and over and over again because everybody wants to try to just be the most badass in the room and put everybody else down. Just start thinking about it like you would want. How successful do you want your children to be? And that's exactly how you should treat your crew. Or if you're a chief, that's how you should treat your, treat your entire department is treat them with the thought, these are my children, this is my family, and I want my family to be successful, so this is what I have to do. All right, well, that's just kind of my thoughts for the day, and I wanted to share. I know it's a little bit long-winded, but I really want to try to break it down and make things super simple for people to be able to understand, and I try to give examples so that people can, you know, I, my examples may match a little bit of a story for something in your life, in your career. It may not be exact, but it may be something that you'd be like, oh, yeah, shit, okay. I didn't think about it like that because, yeah, I went through this exact same thing or I experienced this exact same thing or, you know, it's a little bit different than my story, but it's close enough that I can understand that and I can relate to that. That's really what, what I want to do. I know some of my stories are a little long-winded and I, sometimes I kind of go on these little rants, but 
what I want a lot of y'all to understand is this is uh these are just thoughts that come to my mind. I don't have a script for this stuff. Um, this is just me truly sharing my information and my experiences from my heart, from my brain directly to y'all. So if it's a little bit scatterbrained sometimes, sometimes I'm a little bit tired because, you know, it, it sometimes I got to record late at night when I get off shift or anything, anything like that. So I want to be able to get that information out to y'all uh, whenever it comes to me. So I hope that y'all continue to enjoy this. I'm, I'm really getting a ton of good feedback from the show and the information that I'm trying to share. I'm just trying to do my part and what I can to try to help um, restore the, really the integrity and the brotherhood and you know the trust that we have with the community that's very important to me. I just remember as a kid, firefighters were the pinnacle. No matter where you went, anybody you talked to, firefighters were trusted by everybody in the community. And I don't want that to ever be lost because we have some people making bad decisions or some people that are being taught wrong decisions and taught to do things the wrong way because of shitty motives. So that's just a, that's just a little bit of what I, what I was thinking today. And I wanted to get on here and share. Thank you all for purchasing the shirts. I still have some available. I'm going to go ahead and get another order in because they're, they're going a whole lot faster than what I thought they, they would, especially in some sizes. So I am going to be making another order, but as of now, we're still, we're still good on, on most sizes and uh, on both styles of shirts, I got three or four more designs of shirts that I'm getting ready to come out with. Um, just being completely honest, basically what I'm doing is getting in what I can and selling it and taking that revenue and rolling into new shirts and just going to kind of build my inventory like that. Continue to uh, you know follow us on Facebook, share everything you want to on Facebook, get the word out. I'm really looking for like-minded people to join our team. You know, for those of you that are that are new listeners and everything, I hope that you. Uh, I hope that you enjoy and learn a little bit and be sure and go on and, and follow us on Spotify and Apple. You can leave a review. That's all good. All that stuff uh, really helps me out. It helps the uh, the podcast to basically get further exposure because uh, the more listeners that you have, the more basically that those platforms kind of promote you. So that will really help me out and that will help getting this uh, getting the content out and, and hopefully make it where we can uh, – can train some people and coach some people on on the different topics that that I want to talk about. Anyways, guys, we'll uh, y'all stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Put your ride back